What is up, you beautiful human? Hello, and welcome back to the Raw, Real, and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. I have been connecting with this beautiful woman circle here in Bali, and it has really been so nourishing for my heart, for my soul, for my breakup. Uh, the theme of this women's circle is where I participate as a participant and not a leader, which I find really relaxing, just allowing other women to hold me and to hold my heart, to hold my tenderness, to hold my vulnerabilities. And the theme of these women's circles lately has coincidentally been relationship. And it's just so beautiful to witness women who are aching, longing, desiring for this committed, intimate partnership. I feel you know, at this age, I turned 36 this year, it has really landed in my space how much I feel ready now. And it's so interesting. I know I've shared this with you in the past. I reflect almost on the past versions of me from like, say, for example, me 10 years ago, who was so in love with that past partner. I've almost gone into the fantasy of like, hold on, if I had have married him, what would I be doing with my life right now? I'm like, I've really gone all the way in. I'm like, mm, I fall in love. We had the wedding. I had three of his kids. Didn't have the whole herpes virus thing. Didn't have the whole dark night of the soul, total unworthiness. I haven't broken through my eating disorder. Maybe the kids saved me from it. I don't know. Maybe not. What would I be doing for a career right now? I definitely wouldn't be a personal trainer or a Pilates instructor. What the fuck would I be doing with my life? I wonder would I be a fulfilled stay-at-home mum? I don't think I would. What would I be doing? Would I be purposeless? My purpose brings me so much meaning to my life. <laughs> and I've gone into this like, oh my God, if things had worked out the way a past version of me thought that she wanted them to work, what the fuck would I be doing with my life right now? And so that kind of reminds me that I'm exactly where I am meant to be. And I'll share very honestly with you, you know, revisiting this whole Jake thing prior to Christmas and over Christmas. It's caused me a lot of hurt, frustration and upset because I almost feel like I've re-ripped a Band-Aid that I had, you know, that I was really healing, a wound that I was really tending to and still am. And I feel like I'm going through a breakup basically all over again where I don't want to share my body with anyone, where I don't want to go on dates. You know, it took me three to four months the first time around and I'm kind of still back in that place right now of like, oh, this is so frustrating and hurtful. And I know being upset and mad at myself doesn't help, but I'm almost mad at myself. The ego, my ego is telling me I've placed myself backwards when I was taking so many great forward steps. And I know that that's not true, but that is a part of my humanness that is happening right now. And one thing that I have been doing for any woman that is navigating a breakup that has been bringing me a lot of comfort in the uncomfortable feelings is as I've journaled, I haven't just journaled from myself, I've actually journaled from the soul of my future partner, my husband, and I've actually journaled from the soul of Jake. And both parts of the journaling have provided me so much insight and guidance, compassion and love. And it's actually made me feel really safe in the decisions that I'm making. I feel like I can hear them speak and they're so gentle and yet anchored and grounded and there's so much beautiful guidance in what they're saying that navigating my challenging experience feels easier when I do that. So I felt like that might be a beautiful tool that I could impart on any woman also navigating breakup right now. But today I have the most beautiful woman coming onto the show. Her name is Diana Iskander and we talk all about relationships, attachment styles, developing intimacy for the long haul in a long-term relationship. She's in a beautiful partnership. She's a mother of two. Her intimacy 
is better than ever before, which I think is an absolute testimony to the work that she does and delivers. We dive into the intricacies of what it means to be a relaxed receiver in relationship for the long haul. So whether you are in relationship right now, navigating a breakup or desiring to call in your committed aligned partner, this episode is for you. If you love this episode, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag both myself and Diana because we both would absolutely love to connect with you. Strap yourself in. This is one hell of an episode. Let's fucking go. I am sitting here with a incredible woman who I am so excited for us to receive and learn from, Diana Eskander. Welcome to Raw, Real and Vulnerable. Mm, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to dive in. I know we're going to dive into all things relationships and the woman showing up powerfully to the face of relationship and or showing up powerfully to the face of desiring relationship. But for any woman who doesn't know who you are, can you please share with us who Diana is and what is it that you do in the world? Yeah, well, I'm a mother, a wife, a woman, a coach, a mentor, founder of the School of Love. I work with women single and in relationship to either meet your match or deepen the connection you're already in. And I'm a huge advocate for getting out of your head and into your heart. And I think there's a big misconception around what that actually means. Yeah. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I'd love to. I think a lot of the times we think we've led with our hearts because we've been vulnerable and open and just going for it, throwing all caution to the wind. But when we actually dig into that, oftentimes what's actually motivating that throwing all caution to the wind, which we say is our heart, is actually a mind's fear of like, gotta make this happen. Gotta make sure I'm unforgettable. Gotta sink my hooks in before this thing escapes me or leaves me. And often it's actually really rooted in fear. And when I think about when we lead with the heart, it's like when I can actually get out of the spiral of thinking and really drop into what's real. And oftentimes that will actually be a really grounded approach anchored in your standards. Hmm. Does that resonate? Yeah. And are you talking specifically about love and relationship here? I am. Yeah. You know where the heart is, the honoring of the heart. So there isn't this like, I let it all go and I'll just see what happens. It's like, no, your heart actually leads with desire and standards and vision and clarity. Mm. So for any woman listening who is aching, yearning, desiring this intimate relationship, and she also knows what her standards are, she knows what her values are. How does she know the difference between wanting relationship and coming to it from a checklist of like, okay, he has a high value yeah. growth, sex and intimacy, yeah. but now I've got to leave for my <laughs> heart, but also I shouldn't go out and get him because that's not feminine. But then also yeah. no oh, one God. <laughs> Totally. Oh, I just feel the spinning. I feel the spinning so much. And, you know, I also want to take a moment to honor when we want something and we don't have it. That's a hard experience. Yes. That's a really hard thing for a human to experience. So I hear you. I feel you. I've been there. I'm there in other ways, in other parts of my life where I'm like, when's it coming? When's it going to happen? And practicing the knowing that it is and that it will. And that getting to that place of unwavering trust 
which is so much easier said than done. But then what that also creates is when someone does come through the doors and you're like, oh, wow, this is special. And you've practiced anchoring into trust the whole way through on the whole journey. When that person comes through, it's so much easier to hold that feeling of trust and safetyness in your body, which then, of course, is going to impact the way you show up the things you say, the tone of voice you say them in, the posture you hold, the way you can allow for space between you and that other person. A lot of the women that I coach tend to have anxious tendencies. Not all. I also see avoidant or a spectrum between the two. And so with that anxious tendency, we are waiting for the other shoe to drop often. Are we not waiting for it to escape or leave us? So when you can actually use this time in your life what does unwavering trust feel like? And what if I just wholeheartedly committed to that? And then that trust was so palpable when you actually meet that person. It's just like, ah, everyone feels safe and everyone feels relaxed around a trusting person. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, this is exactly how we first connected, right? I've put up some posts around the anxious attachment style, wanting to connect with incredible guests who are achieving incredible results with the women that they work with and your name got put towards me and then when I stalked your Instagram I just became obsessed with you and everything that you do and put out in the world and the way that you hold and carry yourself and I can just really feel your love for women and the women that are a part of your world and do you find there's a lot of embarrassment you're welcome do you find that there's a lot of embarrassment and guilt and just like why am I like this for any woman that would identify with having or carrying an anxious attachment style I do and I have and I'll say that I'm also witnessing a rising and a shift where there's so much more compassion and because we're all speaking about it and we're all you know laying our cards out on the table and naming the things and bringing it up from the shadow and saying I tend to be freaking anxious around men around money or around whatever it is I naively thought oh I've completely healed my anxious attachment when I hit me three years ago oh no you transferred it from men to your business Oh, wow. And so that was a whole other journey, right? But I do find there is an alchemy happening around the shame and the guilt because we're talking about it more openly and yeah. people can relate and go, oh, so you've done that too? Like text 10 times in a row with no response? <laughs> Next the last time to say he was online. Exactly. Why right? did you so reply when we to me? Bring that up. Exactly. And when we can also make light of it and go, That's such a hilarious human behavior. Yes. And I know that I do want to show up differently than that. So what's the journey to getting there? And I will say one of the best things you can do to support yourself as you are moving from anxious tendency or avoidance into secure and and holding that trust and that trust being in yourself, being in life, being in the men that come to you is get in groups around people Be in community, however you do it, or one mentor or however, who hold that trust too, or who are at least moving towards that. So you know, like, when you want to waver and go back to your old ways and spiral, there's people or someone to hold you to the vision of, you said you want to trust. Yes. You said you were going to try relaxing. There's a woman in my world right now. And she's dating someone and it's new and there's distance between them. And so it's bringing up the anxiety around, well, is this worth it? Is it going somewhere where you're different than when we're in person? And so she said something to me, like, I just want to be able to look back on this and say, I did everything I could. Mm. And I was like, 
that's the problem. Mm. That's the problem is you're doing so much. Mm-hmm. Asking all the questions, asking for all the calls, telling him everything you need, telling him everything you feel, but where is the fun? And can you relax and create some space for him to also show you that he's interested? And she held this. We nailed that down so concretely. She held it so solidly in her being. And it's like the whole energetic dynamic between them has shifted in less than a couple of days because he really actually sensed she let go, not into avoidance, not into the other extreme. She relaxed and she decided to relax with an open heart. Usually when we do that kind of move and we let go of the wheel, there is a little bit of leaning to the other extreme. And well, now you're going to work to get my attention. And it's a little bit of a manipulation. But when you can actually relax and hold, maintain an open heart, breathe, a lot of somatic practices to help you through that, keep your heart open. There's nothing more attractive. Yeah, There's nothing more attractive. And do you feel that's deeply connected to the unwavering trust piece that you spoke about? I'm turning 36 this year and I've ended a relationship that was actually really beautiful and really loving. It's just there was just Mm -hmm. something missing and my heart was saying it's not this, my personality is saying I want this. But I also have this belief inside of me. I can feel my husband and the father of my babies calling me. But that's always lived within me. It's like I can feel the soul of my business. And I haven't worked to cultivate that except for my love and my faith in God. And women will come to me and they're around my age. They want babies. They're single. And they're almost just like, well, we don't have time to fuck around. And I don't have the belief piece. And I don't know how to create that unwavering trust when there's literally a fear that it might not happen for me. Yeah. Oh, I have literally been around that hundreds of times. That is so often the women that I work with are in that age range and some Mm -hmm. of them want children, some of them don't. And so I know that that pressure is real. I'm not going to pretend that's not a painful doubt to have. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sometimes I'm like, what if my human just never catches up and this life, it just doesn't happen for me, whatever that thing is. Right. And so I get that. I get that, that feeling of, but when, and it needs to happen soon. You know, how many people do you know who feel this way around their business and needing to make money? And so they force it, force it, force it, but it actually goes so much slower. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that rush piece that there's not enough time piece, I get how hard that is. And I also want to invite that things can move and happen really fast when you just commit and choose to trusting. Now, when I say just commit and choose, I, there's a, there's a whole journey, right? Like we are moving through our traumas and our shadows and I, and I understand that. It's like those mornings where you're rushed. So because you're rushing, you spill your coffee and then you got to clean up the mess. Then you got to clean up the stain on your shirt. Then you're frazzled. You can't find your keys. And it's just one thing after the other. And it's like that rush actually slows you down. Mm. That time pressure actually slows you down. We've all been there. Mm -hmm. And so whatever you've tried this far, if you can look at it and go, well, that hasn't really been feeling good and working out for me. Can I get honest about how much fear has been present the whole way through for the last 20 years in all my dating experiences and say, well, what if I do something radical? And what if I choose to relax and trust? And again, I don't 
know that it's possible to really make that stark shift and imagine you have a car and it's going really fast in one direction, which is the fear, the fear, the fear, the fear. And then you want to just turn it around and go in another direction of trust. That's a really intense shift. And so you're going to want to be held by someone or someone's, a group, a community, something, a mentor, a therapist who holds you as much as you want to go back into fear and you want to make decisions out of fear and you just want to say yes to that date out of fear, although it's nothing aligned with what you know is meant for you, that someone can say, no, slow down because you'll actually speed up. But slowing down doesn't mean going into avoidance and doing nothing. Mm -hmm. That's the other extreme. And I think we get confused about detaching when we're wanting to manifest something. We hear a lot of people talk about detaching. I'm one of them. What detachment really means, what it really means is secure attachment. Mm -hmm. Being able to face that I desire this, I desire this relationship, I desire this love, and then also being able to take space from it not thinking about it all the time, carrying it with so much fear, wrapping it in fear. And then how does that translate when you're out on dates or chatting online or meeting someone new? It comes off. Yes. We all feel each other. And the kind of people you want to be attracting are wise, intuitive people. And so they sense you. Yes. And it puts them in contraction when there is the time pressure. And that's fair. I love that piece around the time pressure. In fact, a memory just popped up from like 13 years ago. I'd slept in, my alarm went off, I'd done all the things, spilt the coffee, woke my partner up, broke a number of things, and he was like, Rebecca, if I'm ever late to work, I take a longer time to get ready. There's no point rushing. I just take a breath. I slow it down. I accept that I'm going to be late because otherwise you're just going to create this absolute essentially shitstorm of all of you running around and that's ever since and it's funny that you say there's not enough time I must have had 15 women reflect this back to me in the past week but then I can also hear them saying well I am I'm 36 or I'm 40 yeah I hear you and yeah your concept around detachment and opening my heart and trusting it's too energetically charged it literally feels like I don't have enough time and how do I put it down and say it's going to work out. Yeah, you know, listen, I hear you, but what are your options, right? So, okay, if it's too energetically charged, then the first thing I hear is, okay, we need to ground your nervous system because do you just want to have a partner and have a child or do you want to have a love and a family? Yeah. Like, and really take that in, right? Because you can just go out and find someone, reel them in, do the damn thing, decide to have a baby. You can do that. It's an Mm -hmm. option. You want something else and you want to be a match to that. So, okay. You're walking. I'm not saying you as in you back. By the way, I was like, just like landed in the back of my, do you want a partner and a child or do you want a family? I was like, Oh, we just got served. Just got served girl. (laughs) So let me paint this picture. So you're frazzled. You're frazzled. You need to meet someone. You need to have a family. It's not happening for you. It hasn't happened. It's not going to happen. There's all this frantic energy. And when you cast your vision of what it is that you want, and I've gone through this exact scenario, I can think of one woman specifically having this exact conversation. And I'm like, tell me what you see in your vision. So she 
describes this home and the children and how she's being in this home. And she's so relaxed. And I'm like, cool. I like that vision. So this partner that you're with in this vision really loves his relaxed partner, right? She's like, yeah. Like, well, how is he to find you today when you are nothing like that woman in the vision? Mm. Not nothing, but stressed, worried, overworked, overdoing, overthinking, overperforming. It's a nervous system reset Mm -hmm. that needs to happen Mm -hmm. in conjunction with, so I'm not saying put it all away, give up, just focus on your nervous system. Not it at all. But as we do the healing, we also move forward. And so we're approaching dates differently and we are trying on new ways of being and filtering out, let's say you are online dating, filtering out profiles in a different way and doing some quote unquote strategic things that are just almost like logical to align you with what you want. But the real work is the nervous system because even when he does come in, the perfect guy for you tomorrow that you want to have babies with and you're like, wow, I see my future right there. Without an anchored nervous system, what's going to happen to that relationship once he comes through? How are you going to sustain it? It's like find him and keep him type of thing from like the 80s and 90s, those kind of taglines. It's like the keep him part. Obviously, that's not how I would suggest anyone thinks of it. But it's like you're one woman, but then the, the stress is still always in the undercurrent, in the underbelly. So let that be. You feel it's almost as well when you paint that picture of the woman who's stressed now but so relaxed then that it's almost like we've put our power into him, like he's the one that creates totally. so much deep relaxation for us. And because we're also talking about the anxiousness, well, then would I not just assume in any time of conflict with my partner that's alleviating all of my stress, that one little argument, and it hits me again because the fear of him leaving or the fear of us separating means that I'm going to go straight back to the way that I was and there'd be so much fear that lives underneath that relationship. Exactly. It's like every single one of us right now underneath thinks this one thing is going to save me, like the certain amount of money, certain amount of clients, certain partner, the family, the home, the travel. We tend to hold these things as like, this is the thing that's going to give me my freedom and make it all okay. Mm. And it's very logical that we think that, but we take ourselves with us. So now imagine a million dollar comes into your world, this beautiful partner, this potential to have a family. And it's like, if your tendency is to live in that fear, your fear is going to be magnified because now you got a whole lot to lose Mm. and everything's just bigger. You just have more in your life. So can your body actually hold this? Mm. Right. And so not to go too far into the body and the nervous system, but it's a part of it. And when I hear, oh, but I'm too frantic, it's too much. Well, that's going to follow you even into the relationship and maybe cause the relationship to spiral out of control. Mm-hmm. Let's find what's underneath that. doesn't mean we put it all on hold, but yeah. we can't ignore it either. Yes. And so if we're resonating with this right now and we want to be able to start working with the body in subtle ways to be able to hold this from a grounded place or to feel anchored in it, to feel like we can really meet ourselves in these fears and the anxiousness or the charged energy. What do you feel would be a really beautiful place for that woman to start? Yeah. So you mean like, how can they actually work with their bodies? Yes. Women who are a part of my community, they're 
into the work but they're not so deep into the work that almost the concept of nervous system everyone's saying it right now but there's so many different interpretations of what that means and when they're like top-down therapy mindset work somatic practices I just want my relationship and I want to not stress until it comes please help totally totally okay so it depends what we're working with, right? I'm already seeing like, okay, I want, can I swear on this show? <laughs> well, you, yeah, of course. You can say whatever the fuck you want, baby. <laughs> I want my fucking partner already. I want my fucking partner already. Jump up and down, scream into a pillow, like, let it out. I've been wanting this man to come in for 10, 15, 20 years, however long, five years, two years. I want this, like, give yourself a moment to feel that, create a container, a moment in time that you know you're not going to get stuck here. I even suggested to my client the other day, because we touched on something that was so vulnerable. And I said, this is big. And I said, what do you need right now? She said, I need to cry. I said, put on two to three songs, let yourself cry, and then call on that healthy masculine and say, time to get up, girl, and move it on, right? And so that's how I love to blend getting into your body and feeling what you need to feel. So if you're jumping, you're screaming, you're shaking, you're doing deep breaths, you're moving your hips. And this is regular, just wake up. I want to be with that anxious energy and then turn it into something that actually feels really good. And then you call on that masculine energy that says, well, now what do you want to do about it? What are the actions you want to take? How do you want to move this into real life? Mm -hmm. So I'll never just preach nervous system work. Mm. It's the balance between the two. It's the body and the mind, the feminine and the masculine, that union that when we really keep anchoring and creating it with ourselves, we can have it easier out there. Mm. One of the mindsets I'll often invite is before going on a date, instead of thinking, will he like me? Even just a simple tweak, although I wouldn't say you want to stay here forever is I hope I like him. Yes. It, but saying it's not really enough, right? Because we've said things and we're like, yeah, but my body's still panicking. My stomach still feels super tight. My, you know, my heart is still racing. So you want to say it while you breathe. Say it until it starts to feel like it's anchored. Move your body until it starts to feel like, yeah, I don't care about what someone thinks of me. I, I just really hope I connect with them mm. and that I get a good feeling around them. And so I'm just going to be open and interested and I'm not trying to prove myself, but I can't just say those words. I got to move my body until I feel them and not just once regularly moving towards this security, not waiting till you get there. Cause there is no end. I still uncover things all the time. I'm with my partner almost 11 years now. I still uncover like, Whoa, there's my anxious attachment, like really needing a resolution with him there's no end to the journey and that's okay oh, that's and you so don't have to be perfectly healed before he comes I promise you that uh, I love that and like I have to love myself the exact amount before <laughs> that someone can come in and give me that exact amount of love uh, I feel no so much pressure on women as well so much like, pressure yeah and I would say if anything if there was one thing I wanted you to leave with today whoever it is that's watching this is Actually, when you remove the pressure, it gets so much easier. Mm -hmm. And there remove is the so pressure, pressure and take the like, action. There's so much pressure now. Even one of my clients just says, she's like, Beck, I've got to learn about masculinity and then femininity. And you know, I have to do a feminine course to be 
I just, <laughs> enough. and you know, I speak about lots of taboo topics online, including the herpes virus. So she's like, now I have to learn how to, to communicate about this, but then I have to learn how to be feminine and I've got to learn how to be not too masculine, but not overly feminine. And I, do I ask people out? Do I not ask people out? Do I lead? Do I sit back? Am I, and she's like, it's just so much pressure. So I'll say this. One of the reasons I really believe it feels that way in this day and age is because we do just have higher standards for what we want. A lot of the women you're talking to probably could have been married many times over, right? But we actually do have higher standards. So it's like, okay, we're holding higher standards, which means I'm aligning with those standards and I'm looking for someone who aligns with those standards. And that's part of what makes it more complicated is that we are actually marrying for love and respect and commitment and someone who wants to grow with you. And so that's not maybe someone you meet necessarily every day, although I think they are more out there than we yeah. often believe. I agree. But when it comes to, should I, should I give him my number? Should I ask for his number? Shouldn't I, is a woman allowed to do this? It's like, fuck yeah, you're allowed to do what you want. Do it in a relaxed way. Mm. I have no rules around he has to ask first. You have to ask first. You can't have sex before this amount of time. It's like, you're a grown woman. Be one, act like one, feel like one, anchor into it. Tell your younger self, like, it's okay. I know you really want this. We're going to practice some patience. Patience is sexy. Yeah. Patience is sexy as fuck. When someone sees a woman who knows what she wants and she's patient about it. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah. And so you're 11 years into your relationship. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Amazing. And anxiousness still sometimes shows up. Yes. And he still loves me, right? And I'm honest with him about, you know, this is my thing and I've been moving through it my whole life. And I'm so untangled from it now than if I look back, you know, 10 years ago or 20 years ago, I was so wrapped up in my anxiety. I really unwound a lot of that from my system, but it still comes up and I have compassion for myself and I hold the standard that my partner is going to have compassion for me too. I love that. And over time, does the relationship deepen? I mean, I've stalked yes. Instagram, so I already feel like I know the answer. But does the emotional intimacy and the physical intimacy, is it possible for that to deepen and expand in 11 years? Our sex life is better than it's ever been. We have two kids under six. Wow. Just to like really paint that clearly. Okay. And why? It is because I keep letting him in to what is like, and it's a vulnerability that is not about you did this to me, you know, when that pointing the finger, you made me feel that way. It's not that kind of vulnerability. It's like, okay, if I'm being honest, I tend to feel this way often. It's a me thing. And so I hold that personal responsibility, but I also show him my tenderness. And then he just wants to like wrap me up in his arms and, and help me soothe those parts. I love that you started that with from the context of we have such incredible sex better than ever before 11 years in with two kids under six and then bring up how you resolve conflict and that being so pivotal to the incredible sex. Can you share a little so bit more much, about what you mean? Yeah. That? Okay, actually, there's a big piece in here that I think is really important. Thank you for asking that. Because when I hold myself, I find the safety within me to express something that's true about me. It's not about... Well, of of course, sometimes I'll say, you know, this happened and it didn't feel good or could you try it this way or whatever. But when I'm finding the safety within myself to express a truth about me and he holds me in that truth, 
and he loves me and he looks at me with loving eyes, even though I'm sharing what I think is like such a dark shadow. What I invite is this possibility that safe is so sexy. Mm -hmm. And what I often see is when it feels safe, it doesn't feel exciting. Mm -hmm. And so we turn away from it because our bodies are attuned to the anxious chase. Mm -hmm. But if you can start programming yourself that a man who shows up, a man who is honest, who's dedicated, who's devoted, who holds me in my vulnerability, a man who wants to please me, is sexy. His consistency is sexy. Like that's a strong man. My partner is the strongest man I know. So yeah, when I let him in and he holds me dearly and then we're just more intimately connected, the sex is layers deeper. Mm. It's not, you know, sometimes it's just a physical carnal act and that's super fun too. But then most other times it's like, because he can hold me, I can really surrender and, and let him take me. And yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> and I know, and again, this like, yeah, I love it. I'm all about it. This <laughs> for women to understand and this concept around, well, healthy love isn't going to be exciting and it's not going to be the mind-blowing sex. And so then if this person comes in, even with my ex I went through, he was such a beautiful man, strong, value for growth, like my best, best friend but the intimacy just wasn't there. And I'd done that mental loop of like, is it truth? Is it trauma? Am I rejecting the healthy love? Intimacy, I know, like we'd never had the physical chemistry from day one. And that was always my fear. But I played that loop so much when my truth was like, I want it to be him, but it's not. And for any woman that's really listening to this, it's like, I'm so confused by all the tick, like Instagram, 5 million relationship coaches. Some of them are saying that I'm sabotaging my healthy relationship. I think it's my truth. How would she discern? How would she know the difference? Yeah. You know, one of the best things we can learn in this life is to listen to our own truth and find out how that voice sounds to us. Yes. Right. So think about the times where you heard something and then you followed it or you didn't follow it. And you're like, oh, that was my intuition. You know, you track it enough times, you start to see some patterns. Yeah. My intuition is really calm. Yes. Quiet. Yeah. Doesn't shout or repeat itself too many times. It's a very like self-respecting, mature voice. Yeah. And it can, I remember into one my, you know, my second real relationship. Two weeks in, it was very, I heard a very clear voice. I stayed two more years, but it was a very clear voice that said, this is not the place for you. But it's so relaxed because it knows even when you stay, you're going to be okay and you're going to learn what you need to learn. Yeah. So what if there was, and this is going to be frustrating to hear, (laughs) but what if there was no right or wrong and you took that pressure off? being right or wrong. And you just accepted that I'm making the best decision with what I feel and know to be true today. And whatever it is, I will learn and grow because that's who I am. Yeah. Uh, There's so many similarities between the way that you teach and what my nervous system mentor, Carrie Azuma, and she's so gentle. And when I was going through all of this around my relationship, especially because I don't buy into it, but it's very easy to hear. Oh, they're not good men. They're not this. He's so great. And like the voice yeah. was so gentle of like, I yeah. know you really want it to be and it's not. She yeah. wasn't forceful. Yeah. 
And then my mentor was like, you can't make a wrong decision. Like take the pressure off, like needing to get it right. Is it him? Is it not him? Do I stay? Do I go? Do I, do I commit? Do I lean all the way in? And that was the, that charge made decision-making and do we explore this relationship or not? It, it added so much pressure that the taking that off of like, I can't get it wrong. And I'll keep, if we keep coming back together, there's obviously lessons here until there are no more lessons to make. Exactly. And then we'll naturally exactly. fall apart. Exactly. It's because we have all our ideas of timelines. And so that starts to trip us up. And when we can actually surrender to the process and tr- like, again, practicing that trust that I'm not cursed. I'm just, I'm just moving along with the best that I know right now. And I will enlist support to help me hold the vision when I can't see it clearly, or I'm doubting in it, you know, and it's like getting in tune with your own voice and being around people who encourage you to keep listening to yourself. Yes. Nobody can actually tell you, you know, unless I'm really observing something really abusive, then it's a clear, okay, no, this is not the relationship you need to stay in. But in most cases, it is with good people. Mm -hmm. And so what's the right or wrong decision? Can we ever really answer that in black or white? Mm -hmm. Yes. When it's a good person, sure, you can make it work. Mm -hmm. You'll live a version of a life. Something I like to ask myself when I don't know, when I'm not too sure. And this is how I broke up out of my eight-year relationship. It was, the question was, what would my future self have me do? Mm. And she was so clear. She was like, you're growing way past this relationship. Mm. You just won't follow. So whatever you do in the end, you guys will fall apart. (laughs) Basically the voice that I heard, like whether you end it now, it'll end. Yeah. It'll end. And so it was like, okay, I hear that. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Oh, you're preaching to the choir. So I, I had a spiritual teacher take me to my deathbed, but both, and have me look back and share about both lives of both paths that I walked, and that provided a lot of clarity. A lot that's of beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful, right? And and then and then again, like, is it right? Is it wrong? Is there a right or a wrong? Exactly. So I was going to ask you this question. Well, I have two for you. Uh, number one, what does it mean to be a relaxed receiver in relationships? Mm. I could go on. So, okay, this is especially relevant. It's relevant whether you have avoidant tendencies, anxious tendencies, or a combination of the two, but it is especially relevant for my anxious tendency ladies. We tend to be overgivers, overthinkers, overdoers, performers, just trying really hard, trying to make sure we're seen and remembered and honored and kept around, right? And so there's a lot of gripping, which people will say, oh, that's me being in my masculine. I'm like, that's just you and your fear. Mm -hmm. You don't have to call it masculine. You don't have to call it feminine. It's you being fearful. Mm -hmm. And so receivership is a really beautiful feminine quality that helps you actually do so much less and give space for the man, if we're talking about in the context of a heterosexual relationship, to rise. When you can relax and hold the trust high, either people in your life are going to rise to meet you in that level of trust and standard that you hold, or they're not, and it's going to be very clear to you. But So you want to take more of, it's not that you never give, It's not that you never give, but it's like your giving is from your overflow. 
Mm-hmm. So you, when you're in your receiving and you're receiving from men, you're receiving from life. You're actually present with your cup of coffee. You're actually present with the sound of laughter. You're present with your friends. That's you receiving. It requires you being relaxed and it's so attractive. Imagine being a guy sitting across a coffee shop from a woman who is looking up at the window. The sun is gazing on her face and she takes a sip of her tea or her coffee and she's just fully at ease with herself, Mm. present, Mm. not worrying Mm. here. It's like, "Mm, that's delicious. I want to be around that. And the truth is, I don't know any man who is really actually interested in what you do for him. He's interested in how he feels around you. Mm -hmm. Yes. So when you're relaxed and you're receiving and it's your pleasure to be pleased and and you're turned on by life and you're in your senses because you are relaxed enough to be in your senses and enjoy life. It's like your laughter is delicious. The way you eat your food is delicious. Everybody wants to be around that energy. Yeah. And you give from the overflow because it's so good to be around you. Yes. Because your cup is so full because you've poured into it so much. You poured into it. You let others pour into it. <laughs> yes. Love- you know, it's like people think you know, oh, the feminine is nurturing. So she gives a lot. Nurturing is not a thing you do. Nurturing is a way of being. It's a soothing voice. It's an open heart. It's a non-judgment. It's not anything you do. It's who you're being. Mm. Yes. Like nurturance isn't an act. It's not an act. It can be, of course, we can start to translate it into a verb and actions, but at its core, it's a way of being and the way you feel around that person. It's like, "Mm, I just want to like snuggle up into them because they feel so good and so grounded. Yes, I love that. And so given that there's no right or wrong, what do you feel about the concept of when you know, you know? Mm, I knew with my partner. At what point did you know? Yeah. So we met on a street corner. (laughs) I was getting into a taxi and I guess he saw me, which I didn't know the story at the time and ran over and he said I had beautiful eyes and I was like, you have amazing hair. And anyway, he asked for my number. I gave him my number. I didn't know. But when I woke up, I just thought of his smile and I was like, oh, that's it. Like what a special feeling. There was a special feeling. That was it. Then not even on our first date, because our first date was actually with a group of people, which I had always wanted. It was more like not a date. He was like, I'm actually going to be at this place. And do you want to come by? And I was like, that spot is literally in front of my apartment. So I went to see him. He was watching a game with his brother and his friends. And so that was our first time hanging out. But our first date after that, when it was just him and I solo, we were sitting across from each other and he was painting a picture of his what he dreamed for his life that I was like... This is the same picture, the same vision I have for myself. The way he talked about his family, he showed me a picture of his niece. There was such a warmth and like familiarity. And it was a really subtle whisper that said like this one, Mm. like this one. And what was really beautiful when really for me was a signal of my journey and my growth was then the thought I had after was cool. So there's no rush. Mm. So there's like no intensity to it. It just sounds like the voice of knowing is so gentle. Exactly. And if you do have that voice and you do have that knowing, it's human for there to be fear that pops up. But can you get like almost like above that and go, okay, well, with that knowing and trusting that we have the rest of our lives, if not a significant amount of time together, I knew that for sure this was going to be significant regardless of what was. 
if I can really trust that and know that, then there really is no rush. I actually just want to savor it and slow it down so that we have more and more to uncover about each other for years to come. That's so beautiful. If there was one piece of advice or guidance that you'd love to give any woman who's really aching for a relationship right now that you'd love to impart on her, what is it that you would say? Yeah. Oh, first of all, I just have so much love in my heart for women in general. And I know that yearning so much. And I want to say, can you imagine it instead of just looking? And I remember that too, like looking around, like, where's the guy? Like looking for him instead of looking. Can you ask yourself the question, how can I turn on my light and brighten my light and keep it turned on and go out in the world with my light turned on? The woman who's actually enjoying herself, Mm. the feminine does, like she flows into herself, she pours into herself and the masculine moves outward, right? So if you can flow into yourself and go, okay, how can I turn on my light? I'm going to really do things that interest me. I'm going to go places that excite me. I'm going to wear things that make me feel vibrant. I'm going to anchor myself in practices that open my heart. So when I go out in the world, it really is literally like there is a light turned on. I remember somebody saying to me, oh my God, I saw your sister walking down the street. She was with nobody at all. She was just smiling and she looked like sunshine. I'm like, that's, that's, she's so, I love her. That's having your light turned on. Yes. Yes. You know, there's people you just notice and it's not only because of their physical beauty. It's like, wow, their eyes light up. Their smiles are so bright. Mm, I love that. Oh my God. I have loved connecting with you, Diana. You're just so incredible. I know why your husband's in love with you. I'm in love with you. Uh, I always ask every guest one last question, which is, Diana, what does it mean uniquely to you to be raw, real and vulnerable in your own life? I think I'm just starting to access new layers of that myself. And it's like, if you didn't care what anybody thought, what would you want to do or say? Yeah. Love that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Mm -hmm. For any woman in my world who would love to get all up into yours, where do we find you? Instagram is a great place. Diana Iskander underscore my website, dianaiskander.com. Those are good places to start. Say hello. Send me a message on Instagram. Send me an email. Hello at dianaiskander.com. I love to connect. Amazing. I'll pop it all in the show notes. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.